Welcome, everybody, to the Building Ehrensburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ehrensburg. And I'm Catherine Ehrensburg. And today we're going to talk about entitlement, um, but not the entitlement that most of you are probably thinking. You know, most of you, when you think entitlement, you think of this younger, younger generation of kids who think that they just uh, are feel like they're owed something. I guess we are talking about entitlement in that respect, but we're not talking about the kids. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to put a little spin, different spin on it Different today. spin. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because as a business owner, I experience entitlement in kind of a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and I've experienced it, friends telling me stories about businesses that they've interacted with. Um, and the businesses have felt entitled. Now, of course, businesses are made of people. They're made up of a business owner. And that business owner has friends, right? In sure. their life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the business owner, human, will feel that... Anytime, let's say they're a real estate agent, for example, anytime you sell your home because I'm your friend, you should hire me. Right. Yeah. Because I'm a real estate agent and you're selling your house and we are friends. Regardless of whether you're actually a good real estate agent. Because right. Because we're friends. Because we're friends. I am owed that yeah. potential sale. Okay. That really bugs me. Like really, really, really bugs me. First of all, everybody's a real estate agent. How many people, like how many friends do you think I have that are real estate agents? It's right. not just you. Right. I got lots of them. Sure. So somebody's going to be disappointed, maybe, if they feel the same way you do about it, which is that I owe them my business because mm -hmm. we just happen to be friends. There is nothing, in my opinion, that will lock me down faster and, and you know, just like shut down a friendship faster than you thinking that you have the privilege of my business just because we are friends. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Right. Flip side of that, I don't <laughs> I don't want you to hire me. If we are friends, usually I don't want to be your landscape designer. Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. Because working for friends stresses me out. I don't like the money, dealing with money with friends. I don't like, because I need to charge you. Yeah. I ha I have to charge you in order to do my job and make money. Like that is how you run a business. Well, maybe that's why your friends friends quotations are hiring you because they think that you're not going to charge them. What? Right? Like that's what people do. They when you first became a landscape when you first graduated landscape architecture school. Yeah. How many people came up to you like, "Oh, good, you can come help Help practice. Me you can come practice. practice in my yard. Of course. Yeah, but that right. was years and years ago. I've come a long way since then. And yes, sometimes it feels a little bit like when you go to a restaurant and there's a group of people there and you're like, no, 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 I'll pay, I'll pay. And like not everybody like actually wants to pay for their meal. They're just expecting somebody else to do it kind of a thing. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, I mean, that's that's me you know, how I feel about it, but I just have this general, really like strong feeling about other people feeling upset when you don't hire them to do something. Real estate, you know, if you're the only guy in town that sure. does something and I decide I'm going to go, you know. Two counties over and get somebody. Let's talk about that, maybe. Okay. That's a different circumstance. Right. I'm talking about something you own um, a sign shop, a t-shirt shop, you're a real estate agent, you have a dry cleaner, something that there are multiples right. of all over town, and there is some other reason why I might hire another person and not you. The only reason I want to bring all this up is so that if you're a person that gets upset when someone else, one of your friends goes to someone else for business and not to you, 
be a little more considerate and thoughtful as to why they might not be using you. Right. And it may not be because they don't like you or, I mean, your friends, right? And it, and it may actually be the opposite. It may be that they do like you and they respect, they respect that, you know, you have, we have a family friend who did some work for us and you're pretty sure he gave us a discount. And you didn't want him to give us a discount. And I hate that. I almost didn't go to him because I didn't want him to give me a discount. Because fooling with my work when he's got other things to do sure. and not making any money off of me is not how you run a business. And I was afraid that he would give me a discount and work on my stuff and, and use his time where he could have been money making money elsewhere. Right. Because I'm a business owner and I understand that. And so just understand if... Because usually this comes from people who are business owners. These are business owners who are humans and friends with people and the business owner gets upset when their friends don't use them. Right. Cause that's and money left on the table potentially. Possibly. But think about it guys, the awkwardness and possibility that that, I mean, I guess it's one thing when you're a real estate agent, it's like, well, it's 6%. No, that per, possibly the, your friend is going to be like, well, can you give it to me for 5% or five and a half percent? Right. Is it really worth all that to be upset about something that, it's a lot of work on you and you're possibly giving your work away at a discount price to appease a friend. Like I just don't understand. And you know, we're only bringing this up because it's happened several times to people around us or to one of us. I think it happens more with me because I'm in a business. Right. I mean, you deal with, you deal with adults a lot more than I do. I, I deal with kids and when I see the entitlement, a lot of it is because of it's a, it's a lack of humility the yeah, kid of course. That they're owed something because they're so good. So yeah, I mean, and ultimately, so successful. That's the thing. As the business owner, you are no. That is where the entitlement comes in. Your friends don't owe you their business. Right. They just don't. When you're friends with somebody, you're friends with them because of lots of other things. It has nothing to do with a business sure. and what you do from your nine to five. You probably aren't even seeing seeing these people during the day, right? You're right. with friends. You see them on the nights and weekends and vacations and all this type of stuff. So to wrap your business up into a personal relationship, it's just, I mean, that's why they say separate business and personal lives. It's right. for a reason, but it really gets me when people feel the entitlement that their friends owe them their business. It's just, I think it's really devastating to the relationship and it changes your friendship then. Yeah, I, I would, that's what I was going to say about all of that. You know, I'm not a business owner, but I would, if I was, I think I would have a really hard time um, mixing my business stuff with my personal stuff. For the main reason being just like the financial part of it. You know, if, if you do work for a friend, you want to get paid. They probably want a discount because you're their friend. And then that creates this They'd be happy to that, accept a discount. Like, I can't tell you how many people have told me, like, I was shocked that I got a full bill. From them, like they were, there's sometimes, so this is like the opposite end of the spectrum. A business owner will send a mutual friend a bill for their work, and the person is shocked that it's whatever their full fee full is. Price. Yeah. It's like, like they can't run a business. So you are not entitled to a discount just through your sheer friendship. Right. So that's one side of it. On the opposite side, the business, you are not entitled to your friend's business just because you were friends. It sure. goes both ways. Yeah, it does. And so, the entitlement that happens between those two is just, I've just heard sob stories and I've heard, you know, relationships ruined over 
someone not choosing them as their, you know, their friend as their real estate agent. It's like, it's a business transaction. I have 10 friends who are real estate agents. Right. And I want to move to this one area of town. And I have a friend who's an expert in that area of town. And you are an expert in a different area of town. Like, I will recommend you, my friend, when I find out that someone's moving to whatever area of the town. And I'll recommend my other friend. Like, what gives you the entitlement to think that you're the only real estate agent that I can refer to anyone that I know ever. Sure. It's just, it's that belief that it's almost like a, um, I think sometimes people panic that like if you're not giving them business, that they're going to go out of business, be a little more confident business owners, right. be a little more confident that you're good at what you do and you don't need that one person who you could possibly ruin a business, business a friendship, friendship over yeah. in order to gain, you know, a little bit of salary. Like you're better than that. Yeah. You can do it. Which is interesting because I said that um, usually that entitlement comes from a humility, uh, lack of humi- lack of humility. But I guess in that instance, it's almost like a it's fear, maybe. Yeah, a low esteem, self esteem. You don't think that you could get work elsewhere if you can't get this one person's well, work. Well, I don't know that low self esteem and humility are um, opposite things. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think that those things are too... In fact, sometimes those things go very well hand in hand. I mean, we drove we drove um, home from Baton Rouge today. We went for the weekend to visit some family. And um, on the way, we saw truck after truck after truck with what I can only describe as um, overcompensation packages happening on their <laughs> trucks. Yeah. And um, there had to have been a show somewhere in the same direction we were. I traveling. think we were just in Mississippi. I think that was just yeah, we were just driving. Yeah, I think we were just driving the interstate in Mississippi. But each truck was bigger than the last one. Yeah. And um, those trucks are called. Don't tell them that. Look, there's plenty of them in Alabama. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think that they are called overcompensation packages because the people who are driving them are probably not real happy about things. Okay. Possibly, maybe overcompensating for some things. Just like happiness. I'm not, look, don't y'all get your minds out the gutter. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just general, general, like. They're not happy people. I need, they need that. So they need that. That is, to feel good that is their validation. Yeah. Right. Which is fine. You know, everybody's got their thing. Um, now, I will talk ugly about the fact that they've all got their Snapchat and Instagram handles on the backs of their trucks. Right. What on earth is happening? So you're saying that that low self esteem. Is why they do that, but they're not very humble people. <laughs> is that where we were going with that? I don't know. Well, they're definitely not humble if they're driving around a $100,000 truck yeah. with all the things that they put on it. Um, and I would say that the reason why they needed to do those things to prove to other people is because they're probably not having, maybe maybe low self-esteem. I'm not to judge about the self-esteem. Who knows? But generally, I mean, do you think? I don't I mean, yeah. Maybe. Totally judgy McJudgment. It I really think, is. I think I don't think I've they ever... They might just like having a really big truck. Maybe so. They might be super confident, happy people, <laughs> and they just like having a big truck. That's really obvious to everybody driving down the road, like, look at me, look at me. I, I think it really is. I don't think that I've ever thought that much about a jacked up truck until I saw the, the uh, Instagram handles on the back of them. And they all had them, too. Every one of them. Like, follow me on Snapchat. Why? Why would I follow you? What am I going to see there? Truck pictures. Truck pictures. Oh, <laughs> look well, at my truck. Let me run over with those nap hat and start following you so I can look at your truck pictures. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, 
you guys, if you're in the position where you have a friend who's a business owner, it, A, might be better not to hire them just so that they don't feel compelled to work with you and give you a discount because it's always going to feel that way. It's always, they're always going to feel like, oh, I, I need to give them a discount. They're a friend or I should be doing it for free or whatever. And to avoid that, maybe hire somebody else. Now, if you're a business owner and you get offended that people don't hire you, maybe it's because they are trying to avoid the awkwardness of the entire situation. Stop yep. being so offended and stop feeling like you're entitled to everybody's business that you happen to be friends with because you don't deserve it. Just because you're friends with right. somebody, you don't deserve it. And by the way, when you're in business, I think there's also some a little bit of blurred lines and confusion about relationships being built. When you're in a business, you have to build relationships. That's how you that's how you make money. Right. That's how people hire you because they want to work with people hire people, right? Yeah. Especially in service industry type stuff. And you become you come to feel like a lot of people are your friends when it's really just a business relationship. And I think sure. that happens a lot with the, the personal end of things, not the business owner so much, but the, the people who hire these businesses, especially services, mine included. I spend a lot of time with my clients and we, we um, have a lot of conversations and I learn a lot about their family. Yeah, I was say, they're all very personal conversations. I'm yeah. sure too. I mean, how do you use this space? And mm -hmm. now they have to tell you about their kids and their right. dog and their everything else. Right. And, and that's how we design beautiful spaces for people. That's how unfunctional and, and things right. that actually work for their family. And by the end, people feel like they're your friend. And, but these are not the people that I share my intimate life with. Right. You know what I mean? You're there to, for me, there's still a line between Client. Client and friend. Right. And um, sometimes it gets a little blurry. And I think sometimes um, people think they're a little more of a friend than they are. So what I'm getting at is, you know, on both sides, business and personal, you still have to understand that this is a business transaction and a business relationship when mm -hmm. you're hiring someone. So if you're the, the person hiring a business, you have to understand what, what, if you're already friends, what happens when you have a business interaction with a friend? Um, and then also if you weren't previously friends, what will happen if you do have an interaction with the business? Like, are we really friends? Like how should I be texting this person at nine o'clock at night or whatever? <laughs> like the answer is no, hundred percent. Right. No. Um, should I be asking them out to drinks with our friends and family and kids and all this? Probably not. Probably and if they not. say no, because let me tell you, as a business owner, we don't have we have as many hours in a day as everybody else, right. but it's not a nine to five. Business owners, small business owners, and people who are growing a business are at work all the time. So the things that we prioritize are our family and our business. That's it. Yeah. Usually friendships go out the window pretty quickly, unfortunately, in your social life. Thank goodness Thomas doesn't have much of a care for a social life. No, nope, I do not. <laughs> And so then people get offended because they aren't, you know, you were a client. Now you think you're a friend. We can't go out. Why are you not making time for me? It makes things real awkward and complicated. Right. Again, you're entitled. You think that you're entitled to my time. <laughs> yeah. And you're not. <laughs> so there's a lot of entitlement that happens. You know, I think people think of it, like you said in the beginning, generationally or like um, socially. I don't know. What are, what are the things that people in the news would talk about? Like, what would that be the first image in your head of entitlement? You usually think of like a college kid who gets out of school 
and doesn't want to work the entry level job. Ah, uh, oh yes. Like I'm fresh out of school. I deserve. I went. You know, I graduated with a degree in landscape architecture. I should be the head architect. I should at be, this firm. Yeah. Making six figures. Right. First day on the job. I I've throughout my career in life heard you know whenever we'll achieve something you and I together or me uh, through business or whatever I'll hear somebody say you deserve it right and there is. I don't love that phrase. I really don't like that phrase at all. I think that it, I'd, I've always said, a friend of mine told me this, and I thought it was such a good quote. She said, if you got what you deserved, you wouldn't like it. Yep, it's true. And I think that's so true. I don't ever think that I deserve, I think that sometimes I've earned something. Right. I've worked hard to achieve something, but there's not a time ever that I think I've gotten what I deserve. Yeah. Um, I just don't like that phrase. And so I think that, if we could all just <laughs> take that into account, not just, you know, I think we like to point fingers at the college kids and the people who are coming out of school as entitlement and all this stuff. But I think we all are very. Yeah, I mean, enti- it's just human nature. I think you, when sure. you work very hard at something, whether it's a four year degree, whether it's, you know, your in your work or your uh, real estate agent is the example you keep using. You've worked very hard to build your reputation and, you just think that you almost like I've worked hard for this. I'm owed this because I've worked so hard for it. Yeah. Here's another example. So um, if you guys have followed us on social media, you know that we have this dog named Teddy. <laughs> yeah. He's a Labradoodle. And um, we got him about, was he a year and a half old now? Mm-hmm. He was born in February of 2020, right mm-hmm. before the pandemic started. And um, previous to the puppies being born, um, Sophia was the mother of all these puppies, right? And she came from one of our neighbors. Our neighbor put on Facebook that she had went and rescued two mama dogs um, from Huntsville. She brought them down, um, but she couldn't keep both. Did we know anybody? Did the neighborhood know anybody who could take one? And I messaged her and I said, my mother-in-law would love to have the mama dog, Sophia. She's this pretty white um, Labradoodle, two years old, Mm -hmm. beautiful dog, companion dog, whatever. Longer story short, she ended up getting the dog. My mother-in-law did. And about two and a half weeks later, Sophia gave birth to 10 puppies. Shocking. Surprising. They didn't know she was pregnant, you know. Um, And let me tell you what happens when... (laughs) You can imagine what happens when a dog unexpectedly has... Then you adopt a dog, and then that dog has 10 um, very highly desirable uh, designer breed type dogs. People come out of the woodwork, let's yeah. just put it that way, mm-hmm. to get to get their hands on these dogs for seemingly free because you adopted right. the dog. Right. You got it for free. You got so. it for free. You talk about entitlement. Yeah. The amount of entitlement that yeah. came out of the woodwork. I don't know if they would say that. It's just how I felt about it at the time. I was just looking around, watching people almost like um, – cast lots for dogs. It was what it felt yeah. like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have been looking at it way more cynically than most other people were, but I'm I'm sitting at home going, I got that dog for her. I got the Sophia, the mama dog. I feel entitled to a dog. Right. And then like the second I had the thought, the second the thought came in my mind, it went back out again because my next thought was, no. Right. She got that dog. Yep. It is her dog. That's not my dog. Yes, I helped her get that dog, but I'm not entitled to a puppy just sure. because 
that came out of the dog. I don't know. That it kinda, I helped her get. Yeah, her, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a ridiculous thought. So I'm not saying I'm I'm completely free and clear from any kind of entitlement because I'm not. It definitely has crossed my mind. But you have to check yourself because it's like when people think they're entitled to someone else's lottery money or yeah. something because that's essentially what that whole dog puppy situation felt like. Yeah. People basically thought she'd won the lottery over there. Right. Do you know what taking care of 10 puppies is like? On the day-to-day six, breeding? How long? Six to eight, ten weeks, however long oh they had to do it. I don't know. No, I think it's like, six, yeah, six weeks. It's it's not it's not all fun and games. It was not. I think people think it's like a lot of money, go to like breeders and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then they actually breed a dog one time, and it's like, okay, that was <laughs> that was a lot of work. No, thank you. Never doing that again. Um, so anyway, I just, that's a really good example of some sort of entitlement that I felt for like a split second. Now, Teddy actually ended up coming, our dog that we ended up getting came from the other dog that my neighbor had adopted. Both dogs were pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Both dogs had, one had, uh, Sophia had 10 puppies and the neighbor's dog, Honey, had eight puppies. So all in all, there was 18 designer, you know, breed, labradoodle, whatever, dogs yeah um you can never we can never really confirm whether or not they're truly <laughs> i'm not even gonna say well, purebred because they're yeah. not we didn't even know that they were pregnant so there's no way you they could don't know who the dad is confirm anything with us right so anyway that was that was definitely a lot of entitlement from a lot of different people and a good example of, of how that happened so maybe it's a a thought for everybody you know in what ways are we feeling entitled And it's not fair to feel that. It's not fair to the person that we're putting that on to, whether they know it or not. Because some people, like, I don't think your mom and dad even thought for a second, like, I would never have expressed that to them. Um, So you're not really putting that on them per se, but sometimes you are putting it on them when you get in a fight with your friend because you own a business and you're like, why didn't you hire me to do your your listing for your house? You're going to, like, stop. Yeah. Stop it. You just stop it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the other way too, if if uh, you're the the person who's got expecting a service for free or yeah or discounted or even like don't even let her enter your brain. Go into it knowing that you want to pay that person their full price because they are your friend and you want to support their business, or decide that you know that they're too expensive for you and you need to go hire someone else because working for you. You were a client then, right? And you were taking their time and their resources that they could be spending on someone else that will pay them their full, right? Full fee, and it's not fair. And then for the young people that are feeling entitled because they graduated college, guess what? A lot of other people did that too. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people with uh, college degrees that are, and I, th- I think sometimes entitlement is built by not really knowing. They're, they know what they've read and they know what other people have told them Yeah, that may not be based on reality. Yeah. I mean, when I got out of college, I made $30,000. This was in 2006. And everyone told me I should be making 40 to 45. All the professors yeah. in college told me mm-hmm. I should be making 40 to 45 right out of college with no experience, you sure. guys. Like yeah. looking back on that as an, as someone you who are employs right people. Yeah. You would not pay someone that much money straight out of even school. Even now, in 2021, yeah. small business, which is who I went to work for after yeah. I got out of college, mm-hmm. pay someone who has zero experience. Right. Zero. Like, 
I know in theory how to do a lot of things, but that's what a college degree does for you. Right. It gives you theory, at least for a lot of subject matter. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe yeah, it was for in me biology. Too. I mean, when I got out of college, I knew all the latest, greatest teaching techniques, but it didn't matter. I thought I was entitled to more money. I thought that I was entitled to more responsibility. I thought, you know, and I yeah. think that that's, there was no one, there was no one there to smack me back into reality. I don't think I probably wasn't discussing those things with. Well, my... even if they tried to, you, do you think you would have listened? No. So, I mean, I think that's, we get so up in arms about these kids and their entitlement and whatever else. But I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. If that was you in that situation, yeah, you, you wouldn't have listened. You would have thought, you know, this mountain of work that I've just completed. Yeah. Deserves more than. No, I mean, when I got out of college, I was what they call a CAD monkey. Yeah. I knew how to do AutoCAD, which was to draw lines on that's a computer screen. That's the only thing screen. you had experience with. You yes. Had... That's, that is the the part of my education that I was able, that was actually. Usable. Usable and monetizable. Right. Is monetizable a word? <laughs> sure. <laughs> For today that, it is. Something that my boss could monetize was my AutoCAD work. That was it. Right. He had to teach me how to do planting design. He and had how to, to meet with me. clients yes. and bid projects. Email and, and um, send things. And what, yes, the whole bidding process looks like, what a whole project start to finish looks right. like. All of it. He taught me all of that. So it was a paid internship. Yeah. My first two years. Yep. And I learned a ton I mean, it's the kind of thing that really, like, if you could in college, I should have been paying somebody else to do sure. to learn that. Because Lord knows college is full of ideas, lots and lots of ideas, but very little practical knowledge, right. at least in my experience. So No, I would say it was the same for me as a teacher. You know, we, we had to go out and do um, our student teaching and that kind of thing. And so you had some experience, but a lot of times, I mean, the places where they'd stick us to student teach, they didn't stick us in some low-level class like they wanted to make sure that you weren't gonna you could fail. practice teaching right and the biggest part of teaching is not the actual teaching discipline it's the management yeah, yeah you have to know how to manage the class and then you know secondarily be able to communicate the information to the kids in a way that they would understand yeah so you understanding the material was like third thing you needed to do yes <laughs> like it is I, probably the least important of all i've actually heard of teachers um, for better or for worse, um, basically teaching a subject that they weren't familiar with, but learning it like in the book as they were going yeah, along. Yeah, I've done that. But they know how to manage the classroom and right. they know how to communicate information. Those were the first two things you said. Yep. And then the third thing is the actual knowledge of the information. Yeah. So. I mean, if you think about it, when I went to go teach, the first year I taught, I was teaching algebra. And I think, I think it might have just been algebra. You take algebra your freshman year of high school. So I had not taken algebra in like nine years mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, do you think I remember how to do algebra? And yeah, I took a ton of math classes in college, but they're like higher level. Like we are not even using numbers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so have, trying to teach a kid how to solve an equation, which is like the most, I mean, to me, it's a very basic skill. Sure. They don't know how to do yeah, it. You know how to do it. Right. But you have to teach them how to do it, which right. I have now have even more After the respect. the old COVID year of school? No, no, no. No, I was going to say, yeah. I have a huge amount of respect for that. Yes, because of COVID. But no, also because um, I have tried several times to sit down and write some sort of syllabus for a class to teach several, you know, different mm -hmm. aspects of what I do and do some sort of like digital e-course type thing for my business. Get, 
me trying to figure out how yeah. to get back to any kind of basic. Where do you even start? Where do you start with this? Where do you start when you have t- 20 years of experience through school and um, actual work knowledge, plus my entire lifetime of, as a kid, digging in dirt, knowing what plants are. Like, I knew a ton of plants before we even went to college, even though I did get a D in my plant class. I knew a ton of stuff, you know, about the plant world before I even went to college. So you're talking about my almost my whole life worth mm-hmm. of interest in gardening and design and all this stuff. I used to play with, you know, my room, designing my room and like shapes and colors and scale and all this different stuff. Well, How do you sum all that up? Now I know where up? Addie gets it from. Oh, I was 100% just like that as a kid. Goodness gracious. So, yes, it drives all of us nuts. I just let her do her thing because, for the most part, because... Because that was you. Not that it was me. Like, I just can't... <laughs> I'm not even going to bother trying to rein it, no, reining it in. No. Um, and it wasn't my mom teaching me scale or any of that stuff. Like, I just... my eye, Like, I could see what looked good and all this different stuff. So, here we go into landscape architecture. Um... But all that to say, how do you boil that down into some sort of e-course for somebody right. that has never, right? like, I want to learn about design. Like, okay, I want to teach you about design. Uh, uh, where do I start? <laughs> okay, so you know there's this thing called color, and there's a color wheel. Like, I mean, yeah. it gets boring very fast. So yep. then how do you teach it in an entertaining way? Well, so anyway. That's what. That's your job. K through 12 is, it's Lots of colors and, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Crayons. You got to learn the basic stuff. I know, but people don't want to take 12 years to learn about landscape design or exterior design. So you have to teach it faster to adults who aren't, I mean. Yeah, but they probably have a little more foundational knowledge than. Maybe. Anyway, needless to say, I haven't gotten there. Still, I don't have any e-courses. It's been a dream and a thought for a long time, but nothing, nothing doing. So anyway, you guys get out there and stop being so entitled, okay? Once it enters your brain, just think about this podcast and then just knock it away. And figure out a reason why you don't, you're not deserving. You're not owed it. You're not owed anything in this life. You're really not. Maybe love. I think people are owed love and kindness. Right? Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> but I would never say, you owe me kindness. Yeah, I don't know that owed is the right word for it, but. Yeah. Um, expect. Expectations. No, nope, we don't like those. It. Anyway. That's it. That's our conversation on entitlement for adults slash businesses slash friends of businesses. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can email us at buildingarensburg at gmail.com. You can comment on Facebook or on Instagram at buildingarensburg. And until next time, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.